This message was recorded at North 2013, an event organised by Christ Central, part of New Frontiers. You can find out more about Christ Central by visiting our website, ChristCentralChurches.org. It's really great uh, to be here. I'm, t- I'm on the tail end of uh, the, our trip here to the UK. I've uh, been here for a little bit over a week, was in uh, uh, Christ Central with uh, Jeremy Simpkins a few, weeks, a few weeks ago last Sunday, and then this past weekend we were uh, at a, I guess we're calling it an emerging leaders get-together slash conference slash just worshiping, teaching, praying, imparting. It was just great. I don't know what we call it, but... It was going on, and it was great. There was word, spirit, and it was excellent. Like, just talk to some of these guys. Talk to Mikey, Mike here, uh, Micah, a bunch of all the M's over in this section, and they will tell you just some of the amazing things that God was doing just this past week and just really transforming guys' lives and giving them just a heart for the local church, giving them just a passion for what God is doing here in the U.K. And it's just been really great for me being here, seeing, like, what God's doing. Because we're, we're really, as, as Joe was talking about, we're, we're really in early days over in Canada. We're just five years ago, we were looking at two churches that were working together in Canada. And now just in Ontario alone, uh, we're working with 12 or 13 churches just in that area. And half of those being plants that, that God is just kind of expediting a process right now where God's doing work and doing things in Canada that we're, we're greatly excited about. So at, we're in groundbreaking season. And so coming here... It's exciting to see, okay, decades on, this is where things are. And so we've just had our North Camp, or we're not, it's not called North Camp, we just call it Ontario Churches Together, I think, and had it last month and had 300 people out to that camping and, and just listening to the word, worshiping, getting together on mission to plant churches uh, into Ontario. And so it's greatly exciting seeing what God's doing here and seeing kind of a hope for what God is going to be doing in the future uh, over in Canada. And so uh, talk to some of these guys, talk to people that are involved in Canada, and you'll sense really, I think, an excitement for what uh, the Lord's doing amongst us and doing in Canada. So uh, I just want to uh, introduce a few people. We've got some people from Canada uh, with us. Uh, We've got Mark and his wife, Sherry. We've got my sister-in-law over here, Jana, on the end, Mike Albano. Uh, We've got... Micah, uh, who is uh, from Owen Sound with David Campbell, and then we've got Matt, who's uh, from America. He's not actually from Canada. <laughs> but I, I will let you in on a little secret. I'm, I'm sort of this American-slash-Canadian mix. I'm originally from Texas and uh, have lived in Canada for about eight and a half years now. I'm going through for citizenship this year to uh, become a Canadian citizen. So I, I do this weird mixture where I can say y'all and a in the same sentence. <laughs> And uh, still trying to figure out what I am. But my identity is in Christ, first of all. So that's kind of the most important thing, right? So um, over these, uh, this, this, this past few years, just seeing God really bringing these churches together, bringing communities together has been so exciting. And working with guys like Jeremy Simpkins and then Joe who, who spoke today and just helping us kind of bring things together has been a huge thing. It's really been a catalyst for us uh, on a local church level. And that's really what we're going to be talking about primarily in this session is, is building communities, building communities that work with one another and building local churches. Because when we talk about community, it's kind of a, one of those trendy terms nowadays. You get these books on community, they say community, community, and really what we're talking about is the church. Really what we're talking about is God's plan that's nothing new. 
It's the church. And so we want, we want to realize how to build church within what uh, God's plan already is. And so um, about, I say, seven years ago, God really put uh, the desire within my heart to uh, uh, get alongside a church that I was currently working with and replant, rebuild, kind of put uh, the book of Nehemiah in my heart, read straight through through that and just kind of teached into that over the course of these years. And we started off with 15 people strong, and from week one we lost five. And so we were down to ten. And so from that point, started just working with these ten people and just really building in the last five years what God has been doing. And so just seeing over the last five years that, that small group of ten grow to uh, you know somewhere between 70 and 90 people that we're meeting with on a Sunday that are, that are heavily involved in our community and that understand really the values that we're going for. And so w- with the work of just a great eldership team that we've built alongside of us that we've been working with, we've been able to see kind of this reality of the taste and kind of the feel of that New Testament church starting to come, that, that New Testament church that we're going for. Because as much as we talk about n- New Frontiers values, we're really talking about New Testament values, really talking about what, what God has already done years ago. So, so in one sense, I, I don't hope to bring you huge revelation that you've never heard before, but really take us back to, to what God has for us. And so we're going to be looking at the topic of making community work in this session. And for most of the time, we're going to be in Acts chapter 2, looking from verse uh, 42 on. And if any of you guys have been in New Frontiers for very long, you possibly have heard this text preach millions of times in relationship to community. But, but what I'm really praying for is just kind of a refreshing of our spirits today, a refreshing of what, what, what the principle, principles God is calling us to as far as community is concerned. And when I was a kid, I used to, I used to love going to the beach. And it, if you've been to the beach before, you, you kind of swim out. And once you get, a, get quite far out, you'll notice there's a bit of a rip sometimes. Sometimes it's stronger than others that kind of pulls you to the side a bit. And every once in a while, we, we'd pick a spot kind of on the beach. Maybe it would be an umbrella or a shop that was right there off the seawall. And as we're swimming out, we kind of just, every once in a while, glance back at where we were and say, okay, in relationship to that, I need to kind of swim back this direction. And so when we look at community today, I really want to do that. I really want us to hear things that we've probably all heard before, but just a bit of a, a realignment to the New Testament and what God's calling us to as communities, to invigorate us to, to something that is something that's as old as time and nothing new. Um, and so being here in the UK, you know, really have sensed and gotten a, a passion for what you guys have done. So, so, so nothing that I'm sharing today is brand new stuff that resulted in just some amazing brainstorming session that me and my elders had where we're just so cutting edge, we're just doing all of these things. But the amazing thing is that uh, anything that, that we see and anything that we've been doing, we've really just been grabbing from other sources and, and people that have really sown into my life, guys like David Campbell, guys like Jeremy, and, and these people that are in other, other spheres that are going on that have really spoken into our lives. And you know, Isaac Newton kind of coined that saying that, you know, the only reason I can see further than I do right now is because I'm standing on the shoulder of giants. And so I sort of feel like I'm, I'm in this place where I'm just reaping the harvest of other men and women's blood, sweat, and tears. And some of you are in that very place, us that are kind of younger, that have come along, where, where God has done uh, work in your local churches that has, people have sown their lives into, and you're, you're just kind of reaping the harvest of that. And so God is uh, really doing kind of a great work within our hearts and through you guys that is really uh, challenging us. And in, and in Thessalonians, Paul says uh, to the Thessalonian church, he says, Now concerning brotherly love, you have need 
For uh, you have no need for anyone to write to you. For you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. For that indeed is what you are doing to all the brothers throughout Macedonia. But we urge you, brothers, to do this more and more. So so we've got a church here that's doing it, that they're operating in brotherly love. They're operating in this community that they're going for. But there's still this realignment that Paul's bringing them back into, saying, okay, don't forget. Keep going, keep going, keep building on your brotherly love more and more. And so I want us to kind of look at some ingredients today uh, from uh, the second chapter of Acts, looking at communities that are communities of substance, that, that there's a substance to them, that there's depths to them. We want to look at communities of the Spirit, communities of grace, and communities that are on mission today from Acts. So let's pray, and then uh, we'll dig into this. Lord, we're grateful, Lord, again, just to be here, Lord, just to be as a people, Lord, your people, God, in this place, Lord, just not just in this building, but in this massive field, Lord, where there's thousands gathered to your name, Lord. And so we pray today that you would just ignite our hearts to the passion, Lord, for you and for your church and for the community that you're building amongst us in Jesus' name. So but before we dive into talking really about community, uh, we've got to really put that against the backdrop of God's intent for community by answering the question like, why community at all? Like, like why do we do community at all? A question that maybe for some of us is a bit of a no-brainer, but that we always have to go back to in order to understand how we're going to build our community and the context and practically what it looks like on the ground. And so while, while methodology might look different in each one of our contexts, that, that depending on your demographic and what people, look like, look, uh, what people do for work and all these things may vary in what you do, the reality is that there's principles there that stay the same no matter what. So, so right now, our, our church is in a season where we have a, an influx of kids. It seems like every week someone's getting up saying, hey, we're pregnant, hey, we're pregnant, oh, we're having our third kid, or fourth. and there's just an influx of young families, there's an influx of kids, and so we're constantly, as a community, having to go back and assess the principles in which we're building the church on and say, how do we do it in this season? And so while what we do is going to look different than what you do, the principles are always the same and we'll constantly be going back to this. So I want to encourage you guys to, to go back to take these principles that we're looking at today and say, okay, how do these apply on a local level? How do these apply to our church? How do these apply to our community groups? How do these apply to the neighborhoods that we're living in and that we're serving in? And community is nothing new, as I said. It's, it's not even just as old as the New Testament. It wasn't just that you know, Peter and his guys got together and said, okay, how are we going to keep people in the church? How are we going to pastor people? How are we going to do all of this? It wasn't just that, but goes back even further all the way to Genesis before that where we've got the Trinity, we've got the Father, the Son, and the Spirit being in relationship, relating infinitely before even the human race began. And so as we do life with one another, it's not simply a matter of, okay, well, let's figure out how to do life with each other. Let's figure out how we model what they did in Acts. But it's modeling what the Father, the Son, and the Spirit have done all along. It's not just kind of an end to itself, but there's something so much more. And and even that statement, even what's going on within Genesis, as, as God tells Adam and Eve to be fruitful and to multiply, there's something so much more to that that speaks of community that's pre-fall. And, and I love the session that we were in uh, uh, last uh, yesterday with uh, the, the marriage seminar, and they were talking about just God's intent for marriage specifically. 
that, that it was pre-fall, that it wasn't you know, this thing that, that they had to put in place to, to make sure we'd be together and that we'd only sleep with one person. Like It wasn't just this one thing. But it, but it happened before the fall, and it's something that was in God's heart because it communicated something of relationship, something of, of, of that was in the DNA of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit before time began. And so as we talk about community, we're talking about being those that are bearing the very character and the nature of God. And so as we make families, as we continue to fill the earth as Adam and Eve did, we're making a family that did what God told them to do, which is make others that were image bearers of them. Other, others that would be image bearers of Christ in the earth. And that's what we're called to do. So we've got Adam and Eve doing that, that their call is to make image bearers. And, and then fast forward to Abraham. You've got Abraham who's called to make a community called to make a family of people that would be image bearers of God in the earth. And, and then you jump forward to the New Testament and you've got the exact same thing happening as, as the spirits uh, poured out, as, as the declaration from Jesus to, to his disciples is, go and make disciples of all the nations. Grow your family that you would bear the image of God. We're image bearers. That, that, at, at our DNA, at our core, the whole root of what we're doing as community is not just trying to make something work, is not just trying to integrate people into a system of what we do, but is being the image bearers of Christ in the earth. And that, that's something so much bigger than just trying to make a program to fit people in. It's so much bigger than, okay, like how are we going to put... These things all happen. These things are all fruit of the reality of us trying to be image bearers of Christ in the earth. And so as much as we're going to go, we're going to go through things and we'll look at some practical things that we're doing and there's practical things that you're doing. Those are all outcomes. Those are all the fruit of us being image bearers in the earth for God. And what a great opportunity we have. What an amazing privilege we have as local churches and communities to fill our neighborhoods, our towns, and our cities in the earth with the knowledge and the glory of God. Like, that was part of like, the, the prophetic word by, by the prophet in the Old Testament that the earth will be filled with the knowledge and, of the glory of the Lord. That, that through us, through, through us as a people, what we would be those bearers, those image bearers of God and, and the glory of the, the Lord would fill the earth through us, His people. So let's read Acts chapter 2 here. Um, starting in verse 42. And it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers, and all came upon every soul, and many signs and wonders were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were gathered together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous, generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those that were being saved. So the first way that we really reflect the image of Christ in the earth and make community work is by being a community of substance, being a community that has something to them. And Acts 2, it says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And so that, that being devoted to implies two things. Number one, there's, there's solid biblical teaching going on. 
that, that there's, there's men that are dedicated to the preaching of the word of God with, without compromise. And, and number two, that, that, that there's people that were devoting themselves to that. There's, there's a passion and there's a desire within that community for the word of God. It wasn't just a one-way street, but a community of those that taught and those that heard and submitted themselves to that teaching. And so th- th- there's a relationship as far as their personal substance goes, that there was a depth to their personal substance and their relationship with God and what they believed about truth and as well corporately what they believed about truth and how that is expressed. And over the years, there, there's been many different kind of community movements that have uh, come and gone, some better than others. But often when we look at these kind of hippie communities that have uh, you know, come and emerged over the years, it kind of seems like they'd be strong in relationship to one another. They'd be strong in social justice, but maybe a bit weak in truth, be a, a bit weak in the Word of God. And, and we've seen these kind of different movements come and gone. I mean, even in the last you know, 10, 15 years, the whole emergent movement that when I first became a believer, I mean, we were reading stuff that said, okay, this is going to be the biggest denomination network in the next 10 to 15 years. And now we're there and there's little to no existence of it because there's no substance. There's no truth to it. That They had community. They're doing the social justice thing. They were having people come along. They were doing the small groups. They were getting people in their home. They were doing all of the things that we see here giving away their stuff, but without the substance, without the truth, without the Word of God that they were standing on with no comp- without compromise, that their, their, their foundation was sandy at best. And we want in our church in everything there to be truth. And I think in these past five years, of we, as we've been building into our church community, we've been seeing just the fruit of that. We've been seeing marriages that are strengthened through the truth. We've seen lives that are transformed through the truth. And so as a leadership, as we look at the songs that we sing, we say, okay, do, are, are there elements of truth in this? Is the foundation of this song truth? That, that, that when we stand up and preach and teach the Word of God, is there truth to that? Is, is there substance within that? As we do community groups and as we get together in our neighborhoods, is the Word of God coming out? Is that kind of the, the be-all and end-all at the end of the day? The, the, the truth that pulls the trigger that says th- this is it. There has to be substance to that. And so as a church, we're constantly looking back at those things, ensuring that within the DNA, within the foundation of who we are as a church, that there's truth to it, that there's substance, because we will come and go, but, but, but the Word of the Lord will stand forever. It will stand forever. And we compromise kind of sometimes. And I think often what happens is that this truth will be the first thing that comes up that we're put up against. I know that as we started leading that church and uh, the first five people left, it was an issue of truth. It was an issue of us looking at the Word of God and saying, this is what it says, but you're acting other than. And they left, and that's all right. Because we want to build a community of people that believe what we believe. And so often what we do is we try to grasp, it. okay, you can't leave, don't, don't go. But God's saying, it's all right, because we, we want people that are, that are building with us. And part of that building with us is standing on the Word of God, believing this to be what God has given us to the church to instruct us, to guide us, to lead us to Him, and how we do community and how we do life with one another. 
Um, and so whether it's in your community or as individuals, we'll all be confronted with trials and temptations and attack. And in those times uh, that we go through, the substance of our faith is really going to be put to the test. And one of our values really at uh, ACF, the church that I lead, is, is abiding in Christ. Uh, abiding and being linked to Christ who is truth, as it calls him in the Bible being linked and submitted to that vine who is Christ Jesus. And there has to be a depth of relationship that comes from that truth. That that as we're submitting ourselves to the Word of God, we as well as individuals in that community are are submitted to that truth and have a depth of relationship and are abiding in Him. And when we aren't abiding, when when our lifeblood isn't found flowing from Christ in relationship with Him, uh, it affects us individually, it affects our families, and then eventually it will affect our entire church. And like here's, here's like this great miracle that, that God, the creator of the universe who, who placed every star in the sky, who, who loves us with a love that outnumbers the grains of sand in the sea, wants a relationship with us. Like that, that blows me away when I look at my life, when I look in the mirror each morning, and I look at my faults, and I look at who I am, but, but look at this God who wants to have relationship with us, wants to be with us, wants to abide with us. And so as we live in relationship with Him, He abides in us. And every Sunday we're reiterating, we're re- reiterating this reality of the preaching and teaching of the Word of God as truth, but as well experiencing the reality of a risen Savior alive from the dead and abiding in Him as we gather to meet on Sundays. The preaching of the Word of God is not just something that we do to fill in the gap. Not, not just something that we do to say, okay, well, we're a Word and Spirit church, so we have to do the Word thing after worship. But it's something that we believe in solidly, that we, yes, believe in the presence of God. We believe that there is massive uh, amount of what God is calling us to do that has to do with that, but we want to, without compromise, say we want to hold the Word of God very high. We want to hold the Word of God as being uh, the be-all and end-all at the end of the day, and which is going to bring us to our next point, is being a community of the Spirit. And so one of the realities of, of serving a God who is risen from the dead, victorious, seated at the right hand of the Father, is that He has sent His Spirit. That He sent His Spirit to dwell within us as people, to live within us where Abraham made a family that filled the earth and showed mankind the face of God but only saw a taste of that. Only saw just a bit of a foreshadow of what was to come and we as the new covenant people of God don't follow a box that holds the presence of God but we, these bodies, these, these temples, the dwelling place is the home of the Spirit of God. And He lives and dwells within us as a people. And this God that we abide in has relationship with us, is flowing in us and flowing out of us. And God is calling us to be a people that exercise walking in the Spirit. I mean, we can't read through the book of Acts. We can't read through this community and look at these things and not see the coming of the Spirit as the major integral uh, ingredient that launched the church into church planning, that launched the church into the signs and wonders, into everything. This was a, an integral part of uh, the, the, ch- the church moving forward in the next 26 chapters. And I love just even looking at Peter's life and the timeline of his life where he kind of starts out, he's with Jesus, and you see him putting his foot in his mouth a few times. And then as kind of time goes on, Jesus dies, and then he denies Christ three times. 
I mean, one time to like a little girl, you can imagine her with like pigtails, just so fearful of what man was going to do to him. But, but then the Spirit of God comes, falls upon the church. He's launched out immediately, preaches the gospel with boldness, is put right before the very council that very well could have put Christ to death, those very guys, and says, you were the one that's the enemy of God's plan in the earth. There's this reality of a transformed life because of what Christ did by sending His Spirit to the earth. And so here in uh, verse 43, it says, Many signs and wonders were being done by the hands of the apostles. Like signs and wonders were this, this notable thing that was happening. That this notable characteristic that was going on within the church and should be no different amongst us. I mean, that's why I love last night. There's there a heavy emphasis put on, man, let's believe God for healing because that's what He does. Let's believe God that, that he's, he's on the move and His Spirit is wanting to come in and make things right, make things new. He's wanting to heal, yes, broken hearts and bring people to repentance, but as well heal physical ailments that, that maybe in some of those situations are bringing others to Christ while they see that. And that's what I love looking through Acts. We see either a bold declaration of the Gospel and then signs and wonders to confirm that message, or we see signs and wonders happen and then it creates an opportunity for the gospel to be preached. The Spirit of God, as well, is not just that thing that we have buried on page you know, 152 of our doctrinal statement that we believe in the gifts of the Spirit, but Paul urges us, stir up the gifts. Stir them up amongst you. And often kind of what we see, at least where we're from in North America, is we see a lot of this aspiring gifts of the Spirit, aspiring charismatics, that say, yeah, we believe in it, but we have absolutely no idea how to get there. We don't, we don't understand how to do it in the right way or a way that's orderly, that's done in a biblical way. And so we're really excited in this season. We're really getting opportunities to come into relationship with those guys and girls and really show them something of biblical substance, something that, that has truth to it, something that is the order of Christ and what He has for it. It's not enough for us to just simply be open to the gifts of the Spirit, but in our communities we need to be actively engaged in pursuing them. And as our communities represent the manifest presence of God in our gatherings, in our neighborhoods, in our workplace, we would be pointing them to an alive, risen from the dead Savior that's not merely a story. It's not merely just something that's written on a page, but there's a reality to our Savior risen from the dead we walk with the fullness of Christ Jesus and the fullness of the Spirit, we're bearing His image and filling the earth with the knowledge and the glory of God. And if we don't, don't, don't shy back from that demonstration of the Spirit, because that, that, that's kind of a wave that I've heard a bit going on in, over here in the UK where people say, I don't know if we should be doing that. People might be turned off. But, but I, I see time after time, story after story, my own life, that that week, you know, however many years, 11, 12 years ago, that I was, I was in that room and I was struggling with something. I wasn't following Jesus. I was holding on, holding back, and then somebody piped up with a word of knowledge that was for me, and I was broken in that minute. And, and my entire life was changed from that moment on. We are withholding grace that God has available to His people through the gifts of the Spirit when we don't allow God to do what He wants to do how He wants to change and manifest Himself in people's lives. And I can tell you like so many other stories of that. Even, even a girl who uh, was with us just this last, maybe two months ago, 
And, and this guy gets up and shares uh, this picture that he has about uh, a girl that's picking flowers for God. And he didn't think anything of it. He just said, this is the picture I have, and that's it. And a girl in the back row just breaks down crying. And, and come, come, come to show that when she was a little kid, she used to go and she used to actually pick flowers for God. She used to do that and say, hey God, this is, this is yours. She's just out in the field and she was going through a season where she felt like God wasn't there or God wasn't walking with her, that she was alone. And in that moment, she felt the reality that he was in fact with her. And so as a community, we, we want to continue to sow that principle of the Spirit of God in our midst, whether that's in our gatherings, whether that's in our community group meetings, whether that's in evangelism. We want that to be happening in our, in our, in our, uh, in our communities as a whole. And I, and I think it also, for us that are parents, it starts in our homes. And I know this amazing thing happened recently with my little boy. He's, he's eight years old, and um, we're, we usually get together at night, and we'll read kind of stories from the Bible. And we got to the part in Acts for the coming of the Holy Spirit. And uh, I thought, this is going to be interesting. Here are the questions that they have about this. And so we read through, and... And, you know, they're asking me questions about the fire and everything that was going on. And, and uh, you know, they're asking me about, you know, the Spirit coming. I said, hey, look, let's, let's just pray. Let's see what happened. My other two kids were there, my little girl that's seven and my little boy that's four. And he had some, like, jokes about fire, I think. And after they kind of settled down, I said, let's just pray. And we'll, we'll see what God does. And so on, we were up on the top bunk, you know, in the, in, in the bedroom, all four of us, and just prayed. And I'm like, okay, great. You know, I kissed them all goodnight and they went to sleep. And the next morning I wake up and we're, we're uh, playing on the floor down in the basement with some Legos. Kids love Legos. And, uh, except when you like step on them. You're all, I'm always walking around stepping on Legos. They're just all over the place. And so we're sitting there and Josiah, my, my oldest, he pipes up and they say, Dad, I had this dream last night. I said, it's interesting. And so I'm, I'm thinking about you know, what had happened the night before when I prayed for them. And he said, I had this dream that we were all in the house and all of a sudden the house caught on fire. And we didn't know what to do. We, we were scared. We were afraid. We didn't know where to run. And then all of a sudden it started raining. And I said, yeah. That's, that's. And, then, and then he said, and then all the fire stopped and we were all healthy and everything was great. And nobody was hurt. And I said, hmm. And in my mind I'm like, okay, I'm about to ask some questions. And before I even got the opportunity to ask him any questions, he said, the fire is like our sin. <laughs> and... and and the rain's like God's grace to us in saving us. <laughs> like an eight-year-old full of the life of the Spirit. <laughs> like we, we can't limit the Spirit's work. Even in our kids and in our home. That, that's where, like we can have great prophetic words on Sunday. Hoorah, I want to have that. But let's have that happen in our home. Like th- this ground that we have in our homes, that, that, that's where we're discipling. We're training up these kids in the way that they should go, that they would be those that are leading the church in this generation and this next generations to come. Allow the Spirit to have His way in your home. Expect big things from the Spirit of God in your home. And just, just kind of like preparing that, just really kind of emphasize, I feel like God was really emphasizing that to really take those things in which we do in church and integrate them into your homes. 
that there's a life of the Spirit that God has yet for you to be living in and for your kids to see demonstrated in a reality that isn't just happening one day a week, but is an integral part of your lives and your daily walking out of your job and your cooking and everything that we have to do in life, the Spirit is desperate to be involved in. And so those, those are kind of the two major things. I really wanted to look at kind of that word and spirit dynamic as that is a major uh, a value that we have as a, as a family of churches. But then as well, I want, to look at, I want to look at grace, a community of grace and a community of mission. And so we've got this substance of truth and we've got a community of the spirit. Uh, and, and it says that the other thing that they did is that they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread with each other. And I find breaking bread, I find coming and having communion as a community really sets me back and reminds us as a community how much daily that I'm in need of grace. How much daily I'm in need of what God has accomplished for me with His Son on the cross. Because often I think what happens is that we get in church for many years, many decades, we forget that we ourselves were, were drug out of that pit of death, that we forget that we were transferred from the kingdom of darkness and put into the kingdom of light. We, we tend to forget that, but I love just putting a heavy emphasis on Sundays of how amazing that grace is, and even celebrating it. I, I love when it, when it talks about in Corinthians, it says, when you do this, you're celebrating, you're declaring what God has done for you. And so as we do that, we remind ourselves, we remind our communities, we are a community of grace. And I love even looking out as, as I was in uh, Christ Central last Sunday and then just being here and getting together in worship and people just raising their hands to the Lord, just dancing. The guy running down the, the front row with a huge banner. It's like, he understands grace. These people with their hands, they understand grace. They understand what they were saved from. They understand that, that it was nothing that they had accomplished in their own selves. It was nothing that they had done, but Christ Jesus intervened in their lives and transformed them. And it's only by His grace that that happened. And, and we as communities, as we're, as we're doing life with one another, need to be demonstrating and being conduits of that great grace. We need to be people that, that are open and welcome to those people that come in, even those people that are the least likely candidates. Those people that come in with tons and tons and tons of baggage. And it's easy for us as we've walked in the faith a long time to say, oh, man, I, I can't believe that person's in that position. But that God's grace wants to be made manifest and turn them into a trophy of His grace. And when I was in Christ Central, I was preaching about Paul and how he was just the absolute poster child for the enemy of the church. Like, blows my mind reading through Acts and seeing he's dragging people out of their homes, putting them in prison, and then he's the one that God transforms his life and spurs him out to church planning, spurs him out to spreading this great message of grace. There are people around you that are going to walk through the doors of your church that are the least likely. But they, they are the ones that God is calling to be releasing more grace to abundantly. It is far more reaching than we give God's grace credit for. So get, get a bigger vision for grace. And I know that, that we've had guys, even uh, a, guy, a guy named James that was with us for about a year and a half who, who came through our doors and said, 
I was a Satanist for many years. I, I was at my parents' house. I picked up a Bible. I was deep into the occult. I read it and figured, I need to follow Jesus. And in his room, he said, I'm going to follow you. And so I went home and I, I Googled churches and I found yours and here I am. Like, what? <laughs> You're just kind of like blown away at that whole thing. And then it began a process of being able to disciple and walk with him. And now he's, he's married and moved on to another church, has two kids and is leading community groups. Like God's grace is so far-reaching and we as communities need to be all about it. All about grace. Freely as we've received from Christ, we need to freely give because He is in the business of making absolutely everything new. Making all things new. And so the last uh, uh, point I've got here is a community on mission. And, And Christ Jesus incarnated Himself into earth and demonstrated what it meant to be on mission. He himself became the mission by coming down into earth and showing us exactly what it is we were supposed to do. He took the furthest step by leaving heaven and coming down, stepping foot into earth, incarnating himself here that we might have relationship with the Father. Exactly what uh, Adrian was talking about last night. Bridging that gap, making that, that way for us to come to Christ Jesus. And so we as well are on mission we, each one of us individually, in our homes, in our jobs, in our neighborhoods, are on Christ's mission with him to bring the truth of the gospel to the people around us, to, to show them that, that we are, in fact, taking on the image of Christ by being missionaries ourselves and Jesus being the greatest missionary who ever lived. And so that looks individually, and we, we, we've preached that much at our church and taught about the individual mission in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, and schools, but as well, there's a corporate mission. There's a community effort as a mission where we say, okay, we're not just going to get into our holy huddle and do our circle the wagons bid and just do our thing here, but, but we want the earth, the world, to know about the love of Christ Jesus. And so as we've seen different ones do that, we've seen maybe some okay models and some really bad models where you've got guys that have just, everybody buys a school bus and drives out into the woods and then people are drinking purple Kool-Aid and things get weird really quickly. But, but, (laughs) really? He said Texas. That's what he said. Okay, I'm from a place that weird stuff goes down. It's true. But, But God is calling us as a community to be intricately involved in the communities that we're in. And so so we purposely, as partly a prophetic word from the Lord and partly just what we feel in our hearts to do, planted our church right on the main street where we are. And we prayed for that. And there were some amazing miracles that happened that put us into that building that we're in. But we're right on main street, right in the area that we're in. So corporately, as a body, as a community, we're, we're making an extra effort to say we are in the community on mission. And so every morning as people come on Sunday mornings, we are in the community. We are there intentionally. And one of the greatest things that, that, that's happened really recently is we've had a family who's come forward that's quite like you know, Barnabas in the New Testament who uh, you know, using their gifts, using the finances that God has given them for the kingdom. And so I had this guy who's probably in his late 50s uh, who's got a very successful business come to us and say, I bought this building and I want it to be used for the glory of God. What do you guys want to do with it? 
And so from that, we prayed and hashed out a plan to, to start a cafe right there on Main Street, which is just one block from where we meet on Sunday mornings at this old uh, cinema. And so then over the course of this time, over the course of the last year, he's plugged almost a million dollars into this building, make, making an amazing cafe that is an outreach in the community there. Because when he was a kid, his parents were kind of nowhere to be found when he'd get, be home from school and would come home late. And so he'd just go wander the streets of Toronto and, and there was a mission agency that was there that had set up kind of this drop-in center, and he would go there every day after school and met these people and found Jesus through that. And he said, I, I want to see others meet Christ through that way. And so through that, we've seen just in the past few weeks as we've opened it, we've, we've got you know probably the nicest cafe in town of all of them, and we've got great coffee, we've got great tea, and we've got people coming through only because we've got good coffee and good tea, but being able to make relationship with those people. And we're hoping that through that location to be able to reach out into people's lives, to have alpha courses from that location, to be able to uh, get into people's lives and pray for people and see people's lives healed, see people's lives transformed for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, so being a community doesn't mean that we just focus on our community, but we are a community that wants others to join this community. That, that isn't just kind of this closed little click, this little group, but that is wide open in extending the grace of God to those people that are around us. We're not going for just kind of being the cool uh, hippie church, but bearing the image of Christ and seeing his glory released in the earth through community. Why don't we stand and I'll pray. Lord God, we, we are so grateful, Lord, that community is not our idea. Lord, it's not just something that we have cooked up, Lord, in our own plans and our own ambitions, Lord God, but it's on your heart, Lord. Relationship is on your heart, Lord. And so we pray that today of, of everything, Lord, that we would just take away your heart. Lord, that we would take away just this reality of wanting to bear your image to those in the earth. Bear your image to those that are in our local churches, Lord God. And so we pray, Lord God, by your Spirit, Lord, that you would just do work upon us. Lord, you would do work upon our minds and continue to transfer our minds to become just like yours, Christ. And we pray for each one of the churches and the communities that are represented here that we would take away, Lord, different elements, different ideas maybe, Lord, but that we would each take away the principles found in the Word of God, Lord God, that your Spirit would be alive in each one of our churches, Lord God. There would be a demonstration of your aliveness, Lord God, that you have been risen from the dead victorious, that you have swallowed up death and victory, Lord, that there would be a reality to that. Sickness is healed. Words of knowledge coming, Lord, and, and, and really poking at people's hearts in their lives, God. And we pray that the Word of God would stand as the final authority in all matters, Lord God. We stand on that and thank You for that, Lord. And we pray that we'd be a community of grace, Lord God, just releasing what You've so abundantly poured out to us freely, Lord God. And Lord, we pray that none of this stuff we'd keep confined within our walls, that we'd keep confined in our living rooms, Lord, but we would be out on mission, doing what you have done to seek and to save that which is lost, Lord God. And so we pray, Lord God, set our sights on those things in which don't just grow our community, Lord God, amongst us, Lord, but 
bring people into salvation in Christ Jesus. In your name, amen. Well, thanks everybody for coming out and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. I'm kind of cooking in here. It's getting kind of warm, so get out and enjoy the rest of the north.